Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Barons. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. We are brought to you and powered by Everlight Solar. And here is today's episode. Hey, guys, how's it going? What is cooking? Welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm Charlie Barons. You probably know that, but if you didn't, now you do. Mm. Joined in studio for this Cripes Cast intro by Colleen Maraca. I'm Colleen Maraca. You probably didn't know that, and it really doesn't matter. All right. Well, <laughs> way to set yourself up, Colleen. Except I like for my that. dad. Hey, dad. He watches everyone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Hey, today we got a special uh, episode. I think every episode is special in its own way. Yeah. And the way this one is special is we're talking to Kim and Penn Holderness. AKA the Holderness fam. Yep. They uh, do social media videos. Penn has been a guest before. We have not had the dual uh, Kim and Penn episode yet. But Penn, for those of you who may not know, he was uh, with me in the Husbands of Target video. And they he, they do amazing like song parodies and, and just great. Great content. You got to follow them at the Holderness family. Uh, check them out. So uh, a few reasons we brought Kim and Penn on. Uh, they are coming out with a book on ADHD. Uh, it's coming out in a couple months. So kind Pre-orders of next month. Pre-orders yep. next month. So you get a little bit of a preview of that. Also, they are celebrating 10 years of being creators in this, this crazy uh, social media business that we do. So I thought it would be fun to chit chat about that and we also talked about all just the stuff that's been going on with them since the last i talked with Penn. they won the amazing race um their kids are growing up mm. you know and uh so yeah it's a fun little you interview. guys also did pickleball midwest pickleball yes midwest pickleball um we, we did a bloody mary video with them we went neighbors over in quarantine there's you guys have done it quite a bit we have yeah absolutely and uh so it was fun to catch up with them yeah and uh yeah but uh before we dive in there Colleen, here we are. Twenty 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 four. How yeah. many of your resolutions have you given up on? None, I don't think. Yeah. Do you remember all your resolutions? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so that sounds about right. No, I I think I'm keeping up with them. Okay, that's good. How about you? It, you know, it's just a framework. It's a guideline. Yeah. Some goalposts. You yeah. know. How are you doing? Um, I haven't quite started. I've just I've been on um. I think on the road, a little too disjointed to sort of settle into the What's new year. What's your resolutions? Do we ever go over this? My resolutions, um, I wrote down way too many of them. Mm. I got to boil them down. But the, the the simplest one is this. And perhaps this should just be my only resolution. Mm. Will make more sense when you hear it. Is do less better. Okay. Yeah. Like jack of all trades, master of none. Like you want to be master of a few things and like do it better to a full capacity rather than like spread yourself too thin. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to like the things that I do really do them well and then just, you know, say no to some other things. So prioritize so, the things that you want to just like yeah. really focus on. Yeah. It involves a lot of saying no, you know, and as a people pleaser, <sighs> oh my you gosh. You don't do that ever. It's hard to do that. Yeah. What? I don't say no ever. You, you really don't say no. Yeah. What things am I saying yes to that you don't think I should be saying yes to? <laughs> is this a podcast discussion? 
All right, this is not, this is it sounds like a uh, sounds like a workplace uh, no, meeting. No, 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 we'll no, 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 no. I just feel like you say yes to a lot of things because you're just you work very hard, and so I think like that. Then there's just like a lot of things in between the tour that it just can be a lot. You do a lot of things, yeah, which yeah. isn't a bad thing at all. And I think that's like admirable for a lot of people when they like look up to you. Um, but I also think that that can be pretty draining that's it's a little taxing pr probably why you ended up with your resolution that you did that is you know so you know what there's a reason for it all and nothing not that any of them are bad it's just like doing them all simultaneously it's like when are you gonna have time for you i know that's a good question yeah good question glad someone's asking it how about this <laughs> winter weather that we're having it's so nice out i went skiing this weekend and it was like actual snow it wasn't like the fake like stuff yeah no it is real snow it is real snow how is ski i mean it's pretty cold to be out there skiing isn't it we went right before it was like we went on saturday so it wasn't too bad and then the next day was when it was like five degrees so we we hit it at like 25 which was kind of perfect oh, it wasn't too bad 25 is ideal skiing temperature yeah. i didn't realize that it just got bitterly cold here in in north dakota it was bitterly cold the entire time no yeah like sunday. negative 27 degrees I think, oh no monday. sunday was the first day that it was like in the single digits and then yesterday was negative so interesting yeah okay but no it was fun um, was that your first time skiing first right? no 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 i skied last year it's just this year like it's my first time skiing this year it's i don't do it regularly so it's like i had to do a couple warm-ups i did fall on like the rope the rope thing sucks are you talking about the magic carpet rope is that what it is? there's one where it's like you're actually on a carpet and it's like a tarp and it's moving you yeah and then there's one where you're in they it's just snow and you're on the snow and it's pulling you yeah, I think that's also on the bunny hill, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, good for you. You know where you know your place. I was going up. It was my first time going up. I also had like the poles that they gave me didn't have the loops on them. So I had to hold them in one hand. Yep. I had my friend's gloves that were like kind of slippery. So I was like trying to hold on to the rope, mm -hmm. but then that was hard. So then I was like holding on to it. And then I was like trying to focus on staying on my skis. And then I was trying to get up because once you're at the top, it the rope goes lower to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You got to let that go. And so then I wasn't letting. So then I was like going all the way down and then I like ended in the splits mm -hmm. on the top of the thing. And all these kids that were taking like ski lessons at sunburst that were like five, six seven years old were like come on bro come on lady like move around yeah yeah so uh no but it was really fun it was a really good time well that's awesome yeah. yeah i mean you know that rope is i mean that's such an analogy for life you know you can't hang on to something forever otherwise you do the splits and get yelled at by five-year-olds mm. yeah in your life what is the five-year-olds um Anyway, <laughs> that was a pregnant pause for me to look at uh, Colleen, but I'm not saying you're five. I'm, five. I'm not saying you're five. I'm saying it's an analogy for people telling you you're doing it wrong. So can we rewind it. the tape and just talk about how I said it was admirable what you do and how hard you work. And I was saying very nice things about you. And you're also saying, let go of the rope earlier, bro, which I appreciate. I didn't say that. I was talking about a ski trip that I had. I didn't say anything that it was like you made it about you, man. <sighs> Vanity has a way. And here you are being the five-year-old telling me to let go of the rope. It's not about me. So there you have it. I win. I win. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so I did skiing this weekend. What'd you do? How was North Dakota? How no, were the shows? North Dakota was great. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. We we did Bismarck. Uh, we did Fargo. We did Grand Forks. And Miles hung out with him, shot some videos with him. 
those are coming out over the next few weeks. So you guys can look out for that. Miles, you betcha guy. And uh, yeah, now I'm back. And you're going to Munhall this weekend. Going to Munhall, Pennsylvania. Then you're going to do a little Illinois streak there the next weekend. And then the weekend after that, we're going to Minnesota. I'm coming to those. All right. Yeah. Duluth and Mankato. And Brainerd. And Brainerd. It is all happening, ladies and gentlemen. You can get them tickets. Cripescast.com. Click on the tour section. We also got merch up there if you're interested. And uh, yeah, well, I think it's about that time, Colleen. Welp, I suppose. Let's get to the episode. Here's my conversation with Kim and Penn Holderness. Thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. It's really nice that you've had me on your podcast, the both of you. And, and Penn, I've had you on this podcast before. Uh, Because Kim, you know, I guess I just didn't know you that well back then. But I think over the years, you know, we've we've all just become really good friends. We've had some dinners together, some loaded Bloody Marys together, some cheese curds together. We we played pickleball. Um, We played. Yeah. Once we play pickleball, might as well get an apartment together after the pickleball. I know. I mean, just come on in, you know. Let's I've combine got, finances. Let's make it, it weird. I mean, pickleball really is becoming like the new church. Like people used to meet other people at church. I feel like they're meeting, in, at least in our town, a lot of people are meeting other people on the pickleball court. Oh, like they're getting, they're getting, you know, eventual friskness going. Oh, we weren't even talking Not sexually. At all. That's um, fine. It's interesting that you went there. You went, do you meet a, did you meet a lot of your girlfriends at church, Charlie? No, I was I was yes ending pen. So um You all right. sort of got a little weird for Charlie, is okay. what I'm hearing. No, I've never, but you said meet people. Uh-huh. I suppose uh-huh. you're right. I suppose I you're right. I, as an elder millennial, maybe that's mm-hmm. where you maybe that's people. where elder millennials are meeting their others. God, <laughs> I, I love that I, I I just am walking onto this and I already feel like I'm it's an away game for me right now. Kim, I'm sorry. I, it's your show. It's your show. No, your show. Kim, you are just walking all over me. I, I enjoy it, actually. I think it's <laughs> it's good. Um, so people are meeting each other via pickleball these days, though. Yes. So we have a single friend. And the question was, like, it's kind of hard to meet new people. And it's like the second or third thing that we say in the list of places where you could go to meet people. Around. Just to make friends, just to be they're You know, they're yeah. new to town to yeah. meet friends. However, there are people who get dates there. Like they're you're in at least in our town. They're younger people who are doing this. They're in good shape. Um, they bring like beers out to the to the to the public park to play. And then they end up spending time like away from the court. Well, you know, it's an easy in because you have plausible deniability. It's like, yeah, let's just go get some fresh air, some exercise, low stakes, low, low stakes. stakes. Yeah, the the more um, the more multifaceted the event is, you know, mm-hmm. like if you can also get exercise, if you can also get fresh air, if it's also something to do, it just lowers the pressure on the conversation that you have to add, and it gives you some to talk about right there. You know? Yeah, I think it would be problematic for us though if that was a date. Me and you, because we're I, too competitive. We're too competitive, yeah. and I would just get really Pissed. upset if I saw if like we were on a team and just started dating, and if he made really stupid shots, or if he hogged what normally had, like he'll hog my shots, he'll poach my shots, then I'd get really mad and probably wouldn't do a second date. So when we did that sketch, that was coming from a real place. It wasn't difficult to <laughs> act. <laughs> Um, I, I, I get, I'm a horrible person, Charlie. No, no, we were both. I don't know if you noticed, but I was also 
acting that way as well. Uh, yeah, yes, Charlie uh, and Amory and Kim and I, for those who don't know, I'm just going to take over this podcast. For those of you who didn't know, uh, the four of us did a video um, in Charlie's hometown uh, of Milwaukee. And it was, we, Kim and I, everyone thinks that we were playing a California couple just because of how uh, high, like, like high. Uh, we were presenting very. Yeah, we were yeah. presenting very, like, Californian. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not from California, but we were certainly acting like perfectionists who, uh, we, we were trying to be like Todd and Margot on a pickleball yeah. court, right? Yeah. From uh, Anyway, Charlie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And, um, you know, I honestly, I was thinking I, I got to get you guys on, first of all, the both of you. And one of the big reasons was you just celebrated 10 years of doing mm. this whole <laughs> social media video game. Gal, I mean, what, what? Like, first of all, I saw the video um, mm -hmm. and where your daughter was saying that. And first of all, she has grown up so quick. I Come know. on now. I oh, know. Don't they grow up so quick? I tell they you. They grow. What. You just blink. Yeah. How old is she now? She turns 17 next month. Oh, so she's 16. God. And my son just turned 14. 14. Yeah. Well, one thing that she said is uh, that I think was a real tear jerking moment in the video is just like um, you turning this hobby, that one video, the Christmas jams video into a career is pennant, you know, you're at home more and, and Kim, you're at home more. And, and she even said she didn't have many memories because, you know, Penn, you were working in the news all the time. And Obviously, that's a shared thing that we all have, the news business. So, I mean, were you expecting that response when you asked that question? No. And certainly, uh, we thought they were going to kind of haze us a little bit just about being cringe, <laughs> about being cringy. Uh, Which we totally accepted and people. deserve. Yeah. That's <laughs> at, at that age, that's normally what you get. And, yeah. you, and you're happy to have anything from them. Like, we're already... <laughs> We're already talking about how we're going to trap them into seeing us more when they leave and they're still here. Like it's I think that's kind of where our our brains sometimes go. But um, I mean, she's right. The the news business, you remember this, Charlie, it's either uh, two to eleven or it's two to eleven. Mm -hmm. It's either two in the afternoon until eleven o'clock at night or it's two in the morning until eleven o'clock in the morning. And I straddled both of those with my kids. And you, you're just a zombie. Um, because most of the time that you're home and awake, they're asleep. And so you've got to find some time that at least the two of you are awake. And it became a lot more pronounced when Lola went to grade school, right? Because she, it wasn't like, oh, I'll pick her up at you know, noon before I have to go to work and I'll spend a little bit of time with her. There was literally nothing comfortable during the week where I could see her. Um, we had a seven o'clock newscast, so I couldn't get home until eight. Mm -hmm. And she was asleep by then. And so... Um, I understand why she doesn't remember me. And when we made this decision to move to our new jobs, the decision didn't include us being on camera influencers. We were originally going to produce videos for other people. That was what we were planning on doing. Um, and then once we discovered this world and the opportunities within it of being able to express yourself, still be on camera and, and make that a, a simpler way to just kind of control your own brand instead of working for others, that was attractive to us for that reason. Um, and it also allowed us to make our own hours and to see both of them more. Um, and in particular, like PC was, wasn't old enough to remember me not being around, but Lola certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kim, like, um, I, what, 
I got Penn's whole backstory when Penn was on the podcast the last time. Uh, but let's like, what's your um, history in sort of media and how were you feeling 10 years ago when this was sort of a topic of conversation? The social media landscape was very different. You know, it was a different time. So w- w- what's sort of your backstory and how did you feel then? Uh, my backstory is very similar to yours and to Penn's. I worked in local news. I worked at Inside Edition in New York City and I did all the red carpet stuff and traveled. And that's where Lola was born, actually, in New York. I went back to work and was on an airplane all the time as a correspondent for Inside Edition. And Penn was between jobs. And so he actually was primary caretaker for Lola. Um, but that was a really hard, like, I was on the airplane with my breast pump. It was just like a hard, hard gig. So moved here doing the local news reporter thing again, that was a miserable existence. So with a friend, I actually started a, you know, like media training and, and social media was new social media marketing, right? I don't know what it is, but I feel like we could figure it out. And of course, video production. So I'd go out and shoot videos for companies and Penn would edit them before or after he got home from work. So we're offering video production, social media marketing. So that was the company and we were we had enough to get by. We weren't um, we weren't totally broke, but it, we only had about two months in savings before we did Christmas jammies. And I just told Penn, like, I'm not afraid to be broke. I grew up broke. I've been broke, um, but I am scared to be miserable. And we were miserable. And so, yeah, the plan was not to go viral and to do this. The plan was to get hired by local companies to create commercials and websites and run their social media. Like our, and and then for the first several years after Christmas jammies, that's primarily what we did. We went into an office and did work behind the scenes and occasionally we put out videos, but like this was not the business plan, like doing this stuff at all. We were supposed to be behind the scenes, which would, would have been fine. And because of Christmas jammies, we got thousands of emails with companies that were interested in that. So that did start our business and allow us to do that. But like to be clear, none of this was supposed to happen. But we are so lucky and you probably are live like this too. We are so thankful that the things we love to do, he loves to create music and write songs. I love to write. Um we love being goofballs. The fact that we both get to do this for right now for however long this lasts, it's it's more than a dream come true because I didn't even know that this was the dream. You know? Yeah. Definitely. And wait, where was it you grew up again? I grew up in Florida, on the west coast of Florida. And Penn, I, 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 you grew up here, Durham. Durham that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't want to say in case I was wrong. So, and then um, you guys, what's what's the couple origin story? I saw him in a bar. He was doing the worm, and I was like, "Back off, ladies! That man is mine. Dang. He is mine." Yeah, that Dang. was it. I just put my claws into him. Really? And yeah, still, he, yeah, he had no choice. The worm gotcha? <laughs> the worm. Are you kidding me? He was in the middle of this trendy nightclub and he was on the stage doing the worm. I was like, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, uh, you other guys are like dressed really nice with your hair gel. I don't know how he got up there either, but I walked and it, it it was a little more nuanced than that because he was dating somebody and I think I was dating somebody and it was, so it was uh, months later that we connected, but I knew I'm like, that's him. That's so weird that he's just right there. Hmm. He doesn't even know it yet. So that's how I remember it. 
And Penn, do you remember meeting Kim that night? I, I mean, that's, I think that's probably one of the first times we spoke. Um, but I knew who she was. She was, I mean, she was a news reporter. Um, and the, the first time I saw her on television, I was like, oh my God, it's her. And it's because I'd seen her. This is crazy. I'd seen her a year before that walking on a sideline of a Florida football game. And um, she walked by me and I got like whiplash. She was with um, her, your boyfriend at the time, right? Maybe. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and I was like holding a camera, like a, you know, a peon, like running back. If you do college. If you hold a camera, you're a very important person, by the way. It's a very hard job. Um, it is. I, I was told that I was a peon. I'm so glad I did it for decades because it made me better at the job I currently have. It's a hard, have. hard job. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so I was, well, you had someone holding your camera for you. <laughs> and, uh, and I was and I, and I was holding my camera for myself. Anyway, you walk past me and um, I, you've walked by and I'm like, that's the prettiest Aww. human I've ever seen in my life. And like when someone like that walks past you, you remember that. And so then I saw her on TV, um, uh, just like I was looking up because when you're at a TV station, they put all of the competitors uh, televisions like all next to you once the show starts. So you can find out what everybody else is leading with. You yep. know this, Charlie? I, I, you're giving me PTSN. PTND, post-traumatic yeah. news disorder. disorder. That's yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a very hyper-specific sketch you should write. Anyway. I, I know. It, I, I didn't know if I'd ever run into her because I was a sports person and she was a news person, but then it, 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 uh, we did run into each other and uh, that was, that was nice. I'm glad that the first impression you had of me was that, I guess, <laughs> doing the work. So sweet. What was, what was the first date? Well, uh, to be really honest, because we worked these weird hours and we were both out of, um, relationships, we decided it was best that we talk on the phone before going on a date. So for about a couple months, we just talked on the phone every night for like three hours. Like we were in 1986 really? and yeah. And so by the time we went on a first date, it was like, Oh, I guess we're going to get married now. So, yeah. So we, I think we might've like, what, what you... yeah, no, 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 no. What, I, what's I going on say, here? Are you guys, I think, we, I think we may have like, you guys no. are buffering your couple buffering. Okay, right am I now. wrong? <laughs> Whatever she here. doesn't want you to say, I'm, I'm interested in that. I think our that. first kiss was before our first date. Yes. More confused now than I was before. <laughs> so, I cannot say anything else. Let's, uh, where did where did the first kiss take place? On the mouth. <laughs> what? What was the location? We could like listen. All right, all right, let me. I'm going to explain this to people, and they're going to be okay with this. Okay. okay. Because. The only time we could see each other was after 12 o'clock at night. That was the only time because we were working, right? There were no other options. I think we had different like scheduled hours. Like I think you, I, I had to work Saturdays and Sundays because I was in sports. So there were no opportunities to have a date. But people would like all the people in the news would go to like a bar somewhere at, at 12 o'clock and hope that they can spend two hours before they go to bed at three o'clock in the morning. It was a crazy existence. One uh, that we live the opposite of right now. We're in bed by eight o'clock uh -huh. on some nights, like reading, because that's just a lot of fun. I know, Charlie. 
I know. No, I mean, you got to start I, the bedtime process yeah, early. You have to. It's a so multi-hour yeah. process. Right. So there was a night that I, I lived in Lake Mary and I, um, so like. It's Lake, in central Florida. It's yeah. about like 30 minutes from downtown. Orlando. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass to get home from. So when I go out, I like, I either didn't drink or I would leave my car and like crash with a buddy, mm-hmm. which both of those things were frequent. And so Kim, uh, Kim like, and her friend Cynthia, I was like friends with them. And we went to a bar and they're like, don't drive home, just crash at our place. So I slept on the couch. He slept on the couch. Downstairs. But then we had like a Notting Hill moment. Um, do you, I don't know if you saw that movie. Well, Notting just, Hill refreshed we, we, my memory. Well, no, we just had a moment where we like made out on the stairs in my apartment, but then we slept in separate places. Did we? Okay. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Yeah, I guess I just yeah. went back downstairs and stayed on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darn it. No, I, and I believe all of that. Yeah. Yes, we did. That well, that's happened. That's what happened, and then uh, fast forward, and oh my gosh, here we are today. You know? You're like a little embarrassed right now, aren't you? No, I just wanted. I know. <laughs> I can. I what it seems as though is that Kim is Pen, your PR person right now, standing, making sure you don't say anything that's going to jeopardize the future of the movie. You know, that's what this feels like. The that's movie, the energy. Yeah. I, I yeah. would I would say potentially that um like we were in our twenties when we first met, and it's okay to to kiss, kiss. <laughs> on, on the, the stairs. mouth. On the mouth. <laughs> on the mouth. <laughs> um, no babies were made. Oh, mm-hmm. so like it's, yeah, like it was I would okay. And so then we had a date like a, a few days later, uh, yes. or a few like I, I got some time off at work and we went on a date and I and I bought a shirt for it. And, it, and I don't the, yeah. I don't think I ever wore it again. I, I don't know how to dress, period. I think you're a very snazzy dresser, my son. Well, that's yeah. Kim. I have to buy all this clothes for him. Yeah. That was uh, how so, it went. Yeah, like, a year, uh, so like nine months later, we were engaged, and nine months after that, we were married, and a year after that, we had a baby. So wow! And so yeah. your twentieth anniversary is next year, correct? Twentieth yes, wedding anniversary. Yes, you. I yes. mean, if I'm being honest, it's Colleen, my fantastic producer, messaging she did. this. Amory. Yes, got it. Will you let me know every time Colleen messages something and just uh, like interrupt whatever we're saying? Yes. yes. Colleen, I want to know. Give her a microphone. Yeah. Co- Colleen specifically said, I know she should have a microphone. Yeah. Uh, she said, I need a raise. Um, okay. We're, we're done reading those uh, things. Um, she did say, however, 20th anniversary is next year. What are your tips for a happy, long marriage? Of course, this question is coming from a divorced guy so you know i'll be taking notes he's uh for those listening he is taking notes on a pretend note of paper (laughs) or and (laughs) and he's showing his age a little bit by licking Licking the pen pen. (laughs) pen? it's part of the mind you know really so you know what's going on guys just because i know how to use a pen does not mean i'm old even though I know souls. I'm old. So if you ask old if soul. you ask a child now to say, like, how do you signal talking on a phone? They do this. Do you know that instead of that? Yeah. And I do this in my live show every time I'm doing a phone. And yeah. sometimes I'll do this. Oh, like you're. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Like, 
I, like you're I, holding on for dear life like it's a dump. Yeah. This is really good for an audio podcast. I know. Just do it. Well, there's video elements. <laughs> and in hey, fact, you guys should go watch the video. You Thank go. you. That's a good plug. Charlie. So uh, our tips. I think that Ken is the reason we're still married because I get sick of me. So the fact that he could put up with me when even I don't want to put up with me is the reason we're still married. But for real, for real, he gets over things in a very genuine and authentic way very easily. We do fight. We've got, we, did, we did marriage counseling. We even wrote a book. But we do fight. But once it's resolved, it is resolved. And my, I came into the relationship that like the second I was pissed off, I would run out the door and be very dramatic. I would hold grudges and say like, well, you know, get really sassy. And he just, if I, if I act like an ass and I apologize, it's like, it's cool. Let's move on. And then it's, it's really done in a way that's shocking. So that's the reason we're still married. So I think find somebody who's really good at getting over things because at one point in time, you're going to be an asshole. <laughs> and you need somebody to forgive you for that. Put a button in that because there is an interesting reason why my brain forgives so quickly. And it's because of my ADHD. And we learned about that in the book that's coming out next month or in a couple of months uh, about the pre-orders next about month. ADHD. It's called fishbowl brain, but I'll tell you that later. I'll tell you that story later. Yes. Uh, unless you don't want to. And then I can just gloss over it. And we use it as a teaser. Um, as a guy who also has it, I'd, I'd yeah. love to dive down that well. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, but the tip that I would have for uh, marriage is, um, Kim was very sweet to me right then. But the, the thing that's great about Kim is her general self-awareness um, and ability to talk about everything, including when, like, when she does go a little bit gaga, she actively <laughs> narrates it. Like, um, I'm going crazy. Yeah, right like, and, and um, it's kind of incredible that, uh, like, to have the ability to be vulnerable and and self-aware enough to to let them know when you're having a really hard time um, or when you, or, or quickly realizing when it is that you are losing control of the way that you normally are. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to do that. I was never very good at that. Um, because I do occasionally get irrational. Everybody does. But she is like, I would say find a, a person who is willing to go down this journey with you, which is when the bleep hits the fan and all of your flight or fight kind of symptoms are coming out and you're just just kind of gnashing your teeth at the other person um, that you can actually either A, take a step back and say, can we talk about this tomorrow? We're both being crazy. And then let it just sort of simmer down a bit. Or while you're there, have the the sense to say, this is something that I'm not very good at. This is something that I can't control right now. Um, and and just have that self-awareness to to de- to de-escalate things. You also like learn so much about that other person. Um, does that make sense? It does. It does to me. Like you just call it out and and say your truth right yeah. as it is, even if, but I think what that takes is like less ego on the part of the person who's doing it. Cause it's often like embarrassing to say you're acting irrationally or embarrassing to say you're getting mad about this thing or, and you kind of mm-hmm. kind of try and self-protect this coach. Yeah. It's um, it's, 
I think I do like I am aware enough to know that and I've done enough therapy to know like this is I I'm sorry that you have to put up with this and yes this is how I'm feeling right now but um it's what's it's a bit sick. you're good no no keep talking I my mouse just lost connection this is great we're really is this good this isn't a video podcast, right? Um, There's okay. a video element, but ah, don't worry about it. It, it adds Sorry. to the dynamic, Pat. Okay. I, I, I really no, it like is, it. It is hard to it is hard to be like to feel safe enough to say and to trust this other person enough to to say, I know I'm in the wrong. I know I just did that wrong. I know I said that wrong. And I, I'm very competitive and I don't like to be wrong. So I have to feel very safe in a situation to say, yeah, might be. And uh, yeah, he makes me feel safe. Well, that's really sweet. Hmm. That's awesome. So that's kind of the deal, just that, that bringing in the communication. But you guys uh, dealing with the different communication styles, uh, Penn, like at, are you a compartmentalizer? Because that's what it seemed like the initial thing was. Okay, I'll put this here. I'll deal with it later or never uh-huh. at all. Yeah. So a big part of it also is just so a neurodiverse brain. Um, and this is I'm going to quote Marcy Caldwell, who helped us write this book. Um, the ADHD brain has um, this sort of emotional component that she calls fishbowl brain. And basically a couple of things. Number one, everything that's inside the fishbowl is what is what has your attention. So let's say you're a fish and there's like a treasure chest and there's some sand and there's like another fish swimming around. And then there's some stuff outside the fishbowl you don't even know that exists. And if you take it out of the fishbowl, it's not there anymore. If you put it back in, it's there again. So the brain kind of compartmentalizes itself. It can lead to a lot of problems when it comes to multitasking um, because you become fixated on the thing that's in the fishbowl. But also emotionally inside the fishbowl, your feelings and the way that you see the world are instantly affected by the color of the water inside the fishbowl. So if someone were to put like, let's say blue is like happiness. If someone were to drop a a blue, some blue dye in a fishbowl tank and you're looking at everything, that's you in a good mood. The, 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 The treasure chest is beautiful. The sand is, it feels good between your toes. All of these wonderful things are going on. Um, if something goes wrong and that dropper turns to red, that fishbowl is too heavy. That sand is raspy on the bottom of my feet. I am very irritated right now, and 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 your emotions take a, a pretty a violent turn one way or the other, um, and that can be problematic in some ways. But when it comes to being in a fight, if you're in a fight and it turns you know dark red, and your brain is is going that way, um, all it takes is one other thing to happen. Like it could be, um, it could like for her, it could be her giving me a hug. It could be. Um, her saying something nice and immediately the dropper goes in and whatever happened before emotionally is a, is a recent memory. And it's just, it's the way that a lot of it, she's discovered dealing with ADHD people that they don't hold grudges because of the same reasons that they're unable to sometimes multitask with several things. So by the way, he said helped write the book. She's one of the researchers that he interviewed. He interviewed a ton of researchers and Mm -hmm. it's super fascinating and digestible for the ADHD brain. And it's been what he's been working on for the past year. And I'm very, very proud of him because he did so much work on this. So yes. Thank you. That's really, that's really nice. And and Penn, as she was saying that I was looking at you and you were giving that thousand mile stare of all the work you were doing on that book. (laughs) I mean, yeah. How much pressure was there on you to um, do this vi- do this book 
something that like isn't like a video. You can't just take it down afterwards, you know, um, and it's on something that is I don't want to say uh, it's not controversial in any way, but it's it's something where a lot of people have ADHD and a lot of people um, there are there are stigmas, older stigmas about ADHD that certainly in certain parts of the country still resonate, you know, so you kind of have to get it right. I would imagine if I were writing that, that'd be what going what's going through my brain. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of some of the pressure or was it something else? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, the pressure started out with, this is such a vast, um, amount of information and how are we going to make this digestible and how are we going to make it readable by not only people who have it, but pe people who support those who have it. Right. And I got a lot of help. That was where I got a lot of help from Kim, from Anne Marie, from Sam, from our entire team, from you, Charlie, like we looked at your, the model of your Midwest survival guide. And while it's a totally different topic, we wanted the format to feel like that. Yeah, because I felt like your book was so great and just like nuggets, right? And very digestible for an ADHD brain. Mm -hmm. So it's almost it good... like the guy who wrote it had ADHD, you know? Right? Uh, exactly. I know at one point there was, you were talking about getting the book in color and all we that. Got it. It, yep, you we did. Got it. We got Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Now, uh, that whole aspect was interesting because you wanted that. I think there may have been some pushback um, early on, but you had this creative vision for it and you pushed for it and you got it. That doesn't always happen. We have a great publisher. I have no idea what that does to our profit margin. I imagine the answer is something, um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah. what, what, what I think we and uh, Harper Collins both agreed was that like we, it had to be done the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, like we'll see what happens financially. I have no idea. The I mean, it's not like books unless you're JK Rowling or, or some, or, you know, I, it's not like books are going to be what we retire off of, but I mean, maybe yours was different. We, no. we, yeah, <laughs> but, it, yeah, but I, no. we, the process is amazing and it's such a gift to be able to do it because I think it's really hard to even get a, a literary agent right now. So the fact that there's, and it's more of a labor of love because Penn every single day gets eat. Did you see the email today that came from that girl in China? I mean, there's like, there's people every single day, kids, parents, they're talking to him about his ADHD, asking him questions. So this is more of a labor of love and it was like an act of service. And so I don't know how profitable it's going to be. So that's why we're like, if we're not going to make any money, let's make it in color. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to yeah. not make money, but it's going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it is something to that. Um, no, it is a labor of love. And that 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 always finds its way back financially in some way, shape, form, yeah. you know, because you know, you really become an expert in this space and it's mm -hmm. a space that a lot of people seek actively seek out guidance in. So mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Uh, are you afraid of anything leading up to this deal? Are you afraid of something you wrote that maybe you're like, I hope it's taken the way I want it to be taken or like something was, what, what yeah. are your fears? That's about a good this? question. It's a great question. So I, there's one thing I'm anticipating and there's one thing I don't want to say I'm afraid of, but I'm wary of. Um, I'm anticipating that some of those old um, kind of feelings by society to come out, like you are giving these people an excuse 
for being lazy, for for not working hard. You were you were giving people a chance to cop out when really what you need to do is sack up and pay attention. <laughs> um, so because that is a that is a common thing in. Everybody has ADHD these yeah. days. Nobody has it. Yeah, in exactly. my day, it's the damn cell phones, you yeah. know. And there is there is sort of an adaptive um, def- uh, attention disorder that does happen when you spend too much time on your phone. But that's mm-hmm. not. We we try to clearly delineate that. Here's what I here's what I'm wary of. And Kim helped me become aware of this. And we did many drafts and many changes to the book as a result. Um, because what we are is pre- we're presenting this as a neurodiversity, as as something that a lot of times people like you and I behave ways that we don't have any choice for doing. Um, and we're asking those caretakers to give us some grace and understanding. And in some cases, like radical acceptance, like I will accept you for who you are. We've got to have radical commitment, of course. We can't just stay on our like if we're doing something wrong we apologize we say it to my brain but i'm gonna try like hell to do better at it the concern is and we were very careful with this the concern is to make sure when you're reading this book you're learning about this brain you're understanding that you have to be forgiving of this person it does not give them an excuse to just act like that because you've been stamped as this type of person because that would not be good for the caregivers who sometimes are going to help uh, to have to, to to put up with people like me <laughs> um it's okay babe you're cute but yeah. and you can do the worm and you can do the and worm. i can do the worm but it's that's something that's very much on my mind i don't want to be a burden to anyone but i i did discover while writing this book there are a lot of things that i have felt shameful and guilty of doing to which i had no choice mm-hmm Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that is that is a good distinction to say, uh, yeah, this is a thing that is with me and there's really not a whole lot I can do to change the fact that I have it. But there are things I can work on and take care of my side of the street of of helping myself mm-hmm. and therefore helping others around me, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the back because we do a lot of videos on the, the topic of ADHD, whether it's like a goofy sketch or a song and they'll be widely received and just like such good feedback. But then there's always very, very valid feedback because it's so nuanced. And to make a three minute video on something, you can't bring everything up. People are like, well, you just have your wife clean up after you and your wife does all this stuff for you. And you're just, you know, blaming all the, so there's that part of it. So the book does allow more nuance and explanations about how we actually make it work. Hey, folks, excuse the interruption, but I just want to tell you that this podcast you're listening to is powered by the sun. That's right. We got Everlight solar panels right on the roof above where I speak, and they are (laughs) getting that free energy, baby, whether you're doing it for the environment or doing it for the bank account. Get yourself off that grid. Why do you want to pay the man when the man can pay you? You know, does that? Pay for like the thermostat, or is that a different thing? Thermostats, gas. Um, uh, up here it is electric. Not in yeah. the rest of the house. No. Well, okay. Yeah, we have a dual system here. Eventually, we'll change that out. But I was going to say that that's why I've kept the heat up at this office all week, blazing hot. Yeah, I don't it think no I don't think you cared at all about the cost of that. Yeah, it's like a sauna down there. Sometimes. Yeah, it feels really good. Yeah. Nice for my afternoon nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that it's promoting productivity on top of being a nice little uh, hit to the pocketbook. Yeah, but no anyways, anyways, regardless, 
Everlight Solar, ladies and gentlemen. Everlightsolar.com to see your free consultation to see how Everlight or solar panels can work for you. Yes, and they can and they will. Check them out, everlightsolar.com. Folks, I also want to tell you about Fleet Farm. They got everything you need to keep your favorite wild birds and their friends coming back all winter long. Check out their huge selection of seed and food for every type of bird that you're trying to attract. Plus, Pick up a feeder or birdhouse and give those beautiful birds a safe, warm place to come spend some time away from the cold. Your backyard will be the best birding place on the block after you get stocked up at the fleet farm. And I'll say this as a birder myself, there is no better feeling than seeing a little, you know, house wren. Choose your house to rent in. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. I, and also, you know, if you like squirrels, uh, just they got two by fours there. Chop them up, uh, screw a big old screw in the middle of it, put it up and then screw a corn on the cob right there. Oh, my gosh. Squirrels love that. That's our next video. That's the next video, folks. Anyway, <laughs> check it out. Fleet Farm anywhere uh, you got to go for getting anything you need. Go to the Fleet Farm <laughs> wow. and on your way there. <laughs> watch for deer. The way you say bees are so punctuated. Bees. Birding, like every time Bird. you said, like just listening, it's a very punctuated yeah. sound. Peas and bees. That's why they have this here. It's a pop filter. It's for the peas. Folks, if you want to support the Cast, best way to do it, go to CripesCast.com. Click on the merch section. We've got some great crew necks. We got hoodies. We got Team Soda versus Team Pop, teams. cribbage board, deck of cards, anything to really keep yourself occupied this winter. Head to CripesCast.com and click on the merch. Koozies too. Check it out. Also, if you want to check out behind the scenes, some some crowd work from the shows, uh, go to patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. Get all the behind the scenes stuff, extra clips, extended cuts. We got it there for you. First look at uh, show tickets. Check us out. Patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. There you go. All right. Let's get back to the episode. Kim, like what are some things, maybe um, tips that you might have for someone who is uh, either, you know, a parent or a spouse or a partner of somebody with ADHD? Do you have any uh, sort of thoughts from your standpoint on that? Things that have helped you along the way? Uh, also good question. And that has been my very small contribution to the book. I talk about it from kind of like caregiver spouse partner perspective. Um, I think in the beginning of our marriage, I'm like, I will just make him a list. And if I just make him a list, everything will be fine. And he was really good at the list. If he had a list, he could get it done. Well, as you know, it's just the mental load of typically like typically gender roles. Typically it's women who are doing the air, air traffic controller of life. Um, who take on that role, but I got really sick of making the effing list. <laughs> and I was like, can't depend on Europe. And so it has just been trying to have conversations in a calm way of like, could you look around and see what needs to be done? And could you do those things? So I have to be really patient because his brain li literally doesn't see that it, it can, his brain works best in chaos and mine does not. Uh, so I've had to, and he does, he tries really hard, but sometimes like it just doesn't happen. So I have to say like extreme patience. Um, I think making what has worked for my son too, who has ADHD is 
give like a template, like a form of, so now he knows how to make his own lists and it helps him to have a list. So now he has to make his own list. So kind of teaching him how to notice those things. Um, what else is there? I think it's just like, it's like a lot of grace and patience, but also I'm very aware that like I have my own shit. So like he has to put up with me as well. So I'm just like very self-aware. This probably isn't surprising to, to some people, but the, this type of person often finds this type of person mm. as their soulmate. And so this sort of dynamic is not unusual. A lot of times people who don't have ADHD are drawn to people who do and vice versa. And I think when that, that is very interesting to note. And I think oftentimes too, a lot of the stuff with ADHD is focusing on the negative side effects mm -hmm. of it. But what are, what are maybe some of the positive um, side effects of things that people um, can, can look as, as a big benefit? Yeah. We actually talk about that a ton. I, yeah, I, yeah. we've done even videos. I think he can sit there, Charlie, and write publicly like you, um, but he does it with music. I told him, I'm like, wouldn't it be funny? We should do some sort of song about the fact that I keep every single good box. Like I have this good box. And after the holidays, I was like, God, I just have a lot of good boxes and I don't want to get rid of them. So, but I just like put them in the corner. And so I said, you should write some sort of like song or jingle. 20 minutes later, he came downstairs. He had recorded this song about like a good box. And then 20 minutes later, we recorded it and he just hyper fixated it and edited it and like, put it out the same, like just that hyper fixation. Uh, it can be very, very, I mean, and he's so creative. It can be very, very good. And I don't think a typical brain does that. My and brain doesn't. That video is hilarious, by the way. I mean, it's great <laughs> observation bang to the song. Uh, the music video is so funny, so relatable. I mean, the, saving the boxes is like, the bag of bags version with boxes. You oh, know? And we have a bag it's, song. Bags like, is next. Bags is next. Yes. That's awesome. Bags I, is next. If you guys need any B-roll for that, I've got really <laughs> big bags with bags and bags and bags. In that it, is a so. great idea. We will be calling you for a video contribution for this. Yep. Let me do a cameo. I just want to be holding my bags of bags, showing them <laughs> off. Um, but no, it is super cool to, to see how... Uh, you embrace the good of it and show that there's good in it and uh, also acknowledge the downsides and try and work on those. I mean, I think that's just a cool thing for people to see because I think people get frustrated. They say, I've got this and they often can use it as an excuse, speaking mm -hmm. for myself, you know, and so to um, manage it and use the the good of it it's a double-edged sword but you can still cut things with a sword you know uh also your finger you can cut your finger so you got to be careful but you and can, there's two sides to the sword so you can cut things in two directions oh, this you can. Really taken off, you can like really just like britney spears huh. it did you see britney spears with her swords i did yeah with the, oh my the gosh, knives yeah her. She's the knives. I love her so she, much. She is great. And um, I always, that is a weird analogy because I feel like all swords are double-sided. Otherwise, it's, it's a knife. It's it's more of a knife. Yeah. It's a double-edged yeah. sword what, what is, is this? just a sword. Well, yeah. a double-edged, yeah, you're right. But it doesn't sound as good as, man, that problem really is a sword. Yeah, the idiot. Sword. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. we're going to find out that maybe not all swords are double-edged. Well, that now that How's I that say possible? that, now that I say that, no, if you think I'm about it, 
It, yeah, because if you think, um, guys, if you think of Leonardo right now, the famous Ninja Turtle, yeah. I don't think those swords are double yeah, edged. But I don't know they if were. that was a sword. That was more. Of oh, like those a, were the little mini ones. Those no, were that's called, um, that's rough. That's oh, Raphael. Wait a minute. Hang on. I think you're right, too. Because, like, pirate swords only have one side. They only have it's one more side. It's like a saber. Like, you know what I mean? Saber. Like a you saber. You know what? Now we're going deep down. This is such an but ADD I think a saber, conversation. This is ADD. I think a saber is a kind of sword. I think a sword is anything that you need a handle to, like, stab somebody. I think I need to. This is, by the way, I think I actually could get diagnosed with ADHD, but one of us has to not have it. So I have to like really like, I know. but I have to. If you were ADHD -er than me, then that would we'd that, get nothing done. But this yeah. is what happens. Like we'll be in a fight and uh -huh. he'll say something like he'll, he'll like mix up his idioms or something. I'm like, why do you think it is a gift horse? Like is the gift, <laughs> is the horse have a gift? Yeah, and then that's the end of it. So no, it means that like if a guy shows up at your door with a with a horse a horse in its mouth, you take that horse and you turn around and you shut up. You go go. No. Is he giving a horse? And you, okay, that's a that's a Trojan horse reference though. Right? That that, that is okay. yeah, because then it's it's there. And speaking of uh, all of this, we do have a definition from the great Cripes oh, cast producer Colleen Maraca. Definition: sword, a weapon with a long metal blade and a hilt with a handguard used for thrusting or striking, and now typically worn as part of a ceremonial dress. So, so I don't see. Doesn't even say like a blade is on both sides. Doesn't even address yeah. the edge. Mm. Doesn't even address. So it. I guess double edged is needed. Okay. I guess so. I guess so. Well, okay. moving right along, <laughs> I want to talk. I want to talk about the amazing race. I know it happened a little while ago, but you know, uh, I feel Let's like it. how it's cool that you guys start off making your own content. And then you make that crossover to sort of traditional media. It doesn't happen often or a ton. It usually takes some time, but you guys did it. How mm. did that happen? And uh, how was it winning that sucker? Uh, well, we got a call from a casting producer who said, and we have always loved that show. I've loved that show as a news reporter at Inside Edition. I covered the finale of the Inside, uh, the Amazing Race several times. So I'm like super into the show. And when the casting producer called, I was like, absolutely not. Because you would be gone for 30 days and you had no access to your cell phone. And I had two kids. And I was like, I'm not going to be gone for my kids for 30 days without being able to call them. And then my daughter said, are you, and it was supposed to originally take place during of February. My daughter was furious that we said we weren't going to do it. And she was at the time, yeah. probably like 13 or 14. And, she, and when it started the process, she's like, are you going to re remember some random February in your life? Or are you going to remember going on the amazing race? Wow. I know. And so Is it was it? like, fine. And so we had to apply. We, so we had made an audition tape. We had to apply. We had to go through rounds of interviews. Um, then we, we got on the show. It started and we did this, our scene was, our, our season was sort of famous because we did three episodes and then March 1st of 2020. So we shot three legs of the race and then COVID happened. Yeah. At the end of like, I think February the 28th, we were in Scotland and they, they said, Hey, um, you guys, we're just going to have a kind of a down day. Everyone just go back to your rooms. It's going to be okay. 
And and you didn't have internet, you didn't have phones still. They were not granting us access to those things. But we could just turn on the BBC, mm-hmm. which it was like an Italian cruise ship is trying to dock and all of London is completely beeped up. Like it was and we're like in Scotland. We're right next year. So we were able to put together, oh, the race, the, the COVID is literally, which was called the coronavirus at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Is the coronavirus is literally like, hanging in a cloud over our hotel right now. And you're not allowed to talk to other contestants unless there's cameras rolling. So um, when you're like, they say that you're on ice. So they take you down to like the hotel lobby to have your breakfast. And you're really just, you're not supposed to be talking to the other contestants who are right there. Um, And I, but we were like the oldest couple. And so, you know, we had this like, like a weird down day in the hotel, like when we weren't racing and I just looked at the other teams and like was like, you guys, we're going home. We're going home. I'm like, we're, we're going to go home. And they're like, no, no, they would never cancel their racing. I'm like, there is no reason they're not going to keep us. And I would say to the producers, I was like, just tell us and just send us like, just wrap this up. And they, it yeah. took them like three days to figure us out how to get the entire casting, like to unravel everything to get us home. So they sent us home for 19 months and then, you know, we were still deep in the pandemic, but at, in like 2021. Yeah. So 20, October 2021, we went back to right. finish the season. And and to put the timeline in your perspective, Charlie, we left for the race less than a month after we did our target thing. Oh, my God. The initial was, target thing. Yeah. Wow. Like when we first met, it was right around then. Um, and then we didn't go back until um, the end of 2021. That's wild. That's so yeah. So, um, okay. So shortly after I locked my keys in the trunk, um, and then had, to, yeah, <laughs> had to break into my trunk, to break into your own trunk. What a good time that the, yeah. behind <laughs> that, the, the untold story of the making of husbands of target is a documentary exactly. oh, that, that needs to happen at some point. It, <laughs> it really, it, it is almost funny how I can go anywhere. And, uh, that's like one of the two things people will bring up. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, wasn't my idea. Thank you. That's nice. <laughs> Didn't write it. That yeah. was awesome. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but so you get back into the deal and um, were you guys in, like, I mean, I know you want to win it, but were you thinking you had a good shot at winning it while you were doing it? I mean, right before COVID happened, we won our first leg. Mm-hmm. If you watch the show, that means you finish first, like on, you know, one particular day of kind of racing around the world. And uh, so we had some confidence. Um, I, I think we kind of figured out how to communicate and we felt we did. We felt older, but in a good way than some of the contestants, like we were going to be able to work some stuff out, maybe. Um, and then the, the one really interesting thing, and this I think this actually really helped us a lot. The the last day before COVID hit, we had a self-driving day, which used to not happen very much, right? You have to read a map and yeah. I have to navigate from the back seat while he drives. And I had to drive mm-hmm. like a stick shift. And it was all these things that millennials just didn't know how to do. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> they just don't. Like I know. I, I had a rabbit. Okay. And they okay, no, no, both like But rabbit. what about a map? Can you read a map? Oh, you yeah, probably I can, can. I can read a map. I remember that. You're an older millennial. You're Thank an elder you. millennial. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to take the benefits of it. Yes. There yeah. There you yeah. go. Well, some of the younger millennials we were with um, had never driven stick shift. They never had to navigate with a map. Like all of these things that we learned to do, but that cell phones have kind of taken away the need to do. And so when we went back, 
um, for the final several legs of the race, because of COVID, we couldn't get in taxi cabs. So we had to drive everywhere. And so everything was self-drive. And it was, I really believe that was a big advantage for us because yeah. we're old. <laughs> I, yeah. So I would, yeah. I would say after the first three legs, we had a really, really, really bad day. And our worst placement was fifth. And I looked at Penn. I was like, we sucked today. We were awful. And we came in fifth. I think we could win this. And so, yeah, but we, and we got lucky. We got lucky and we knew how to read a map. So I felt like we had a really good chance. Um, which is not, I'm not, I'm very competitive, but I'm not overly confident. I'm just saying that like we could read a map if it were a traditional season, maybe not because a cab would have gotten lost and all that stuff. But in our season, yeah, I felt good. Nice. Nice. And yeah. so we, winning the deal, did that, was that what you imagined it would be like? Is it like what they show on the tally or is it, does it come with some stuff people don't see often? I mean, it was really cool. They, I mean, cool. everyone was waiting for you and they, you know, they, they did make, you know, we did have to do it twice. Like we got there and they were like, Hey, can you do it one more time? Like from a different angle. And we were like, I'm not going to be as excited as I was before. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, we ran through, we did the whole thing and he said, you're the winners. And then we hug and they do an interview and they're like, okay, we got some times. Can you just re I think we redid it two more times. Yeah. And they ended up using the first one. I yeah. Think. No, they did yeah. because you were tripping over getting your bag off and, but yeah, they, they did. Have you, it, that actually happened a couple times. One time we showed up because we were really quick and they were not ready for us. So oh, like, the, the pit stop? Yeah. yeah like, we beat the photographer. We beat the like, stop. you're going to have to wait here until we, yeah. yeah. So like there is, they don't ever interfere or get in your way, but there are times when you're like, we're going to need you to do that. Again. And they keep it fair, right? Like if you got there, it's not like someone else is going to show up. They're like, okay, you won. Just hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that that's really cool. Did any, um, did you get any, uh, like, uh, sort of things afterwards that you weren't expecting, like interview stuff or, or, uh, just other opportunities that came from that randomly? Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, not really. Uh, we, I mean, we've already, we've got a bit of a platform. We had one beforehand. I think, you know what I think, I think people who go on Facebook and Instagram, are sometimes a different cross section of America from people who watch, watch who watch broadcast television. So I think just being out and about and hearing and meeting different types of people uh, uh, who are familiar with your work, I think that was one thing. Um, but Charlie, uh, you and I and Kim all know that uh, like growing a platform on a digital channel and growing a presence on a broadcast channel are two completely different. It's things. a different audience. Yeah. So yeah. I don't yeah. even think that we experienced much growth on the digital platform. It's funny because the other people were still really good friends with everybody on the show and they they're like, Oh, I thought there'd be more like they'd get more like yeah. followers or whatever. Um, but which is fine. We didn't, we did not go on to that show for that reason. In fact, my mom, my mom gave us the advice as we were walking at the door. She said, I don't know that this is going to help you in your job, but I know it could hurt you. So just be careful <laughs> what you nice. say. I was like, fair. That is hey, really good fair. advice. Very fair. So we were very careful. Yeah. I feel like I was tiptoeing around this. I should have just said like, we met a lot of cool boomers. <laughs> yeah, it's an older so, crowd. Like people who don't normally go on YouTube or Instagram or, you know, yeah, wherever. Everybody's else. really nice. And, the, and it's the been people, lovely. The yeah. people who love The Amazing Race are diehard. Yeah. They are, they are very, very true blue. They, I have to say that I had to get off of The Amazing Race, not the official Facebook page, but The Amazing Race fan Facebook page because they do not like influencers. 
So they uh, thought doing they thought we were doing this to like clout chase. I'm like, guys, this is not no. Yeah, that's not. our day job is chasing clout. We okay? chase clout <laughs> nine to five. I don't want to do that on a TV show. <laughs> right, right. Um, we're uh, coming close on time. Want to uh, respect you guys' time, but before uh, we wrap this up, I want to do a little rapid fire. Who's most likely to, and these are just knee-jerk reactions, who you think more is more or less likely to do this thing? Who's most okay. likely to help on math homework? Okay. Oh, oh, oh me. Pen. Pen. Okay. You're a good math guy, Pen. He's a mathlete. I have a trophy. I could show it to you. It's I bigger mean, than any of my sports trophies. <laughs> is that the one you're most proud of? No. Okay. It's just... But, but it's just, I was really good at math. I went on a bus and I like came back with a trophy. Was, congratulations. Yeah. I feel like he did math. get enough congrats for that back in the he day. He played I'm math. Sure. No, I, I came off the bus like, yeah. And it was, of course, there's nobody there. Your mom. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> Who is most likely uh, to pack the kids' lunches? Oh, Kim. Kim. Okay. I show love through food. And what was it? What was your go-to sandwich, Kim? To eat or to make for my children? To make for the kids. PB&J? Uh, no, because like everybody's with the peanut butter. It's very highly. Uh, we do like a ham and cheese, ham and ham and Swiss. Mm -hmm. it's very, but it's really her accoutrement that stick out. Like, oh. yeah. like the carrot and hummus game, like the individual hummus packet that goes in there. Like the little, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, Top little apple tier. slices with lemon. Oh, like my. Little, wow. So it doesn't get all brown. Wait, what, what's wrong oh, with yeah, the peanut yeah, butter? Well, a, a, a lot of... Uh, people are allergic to peanut butter so um most schools are nut free so that you are respectful of people who have allergies when the hell did that happen um <laughs> it has been happening for, oh my gosh I, I know it's very like i if you like cut me peanut butter would fall out because of like i was raised on peanut butter and jelly yeah. but that's not um yeah that's not uh which is which totally fine there's lots of yeah. other things to eat yeah uh, yeah cheers to the nuts Allergies. All right. Most likely to forget plans on the family calendar. Oh, I mean, me. That's oh, wow. It's great. Yeah. Because like, I just don't put them on the calendar, but yeah, I, I don't think you forget them. Sometimes you just put them in the wrong place. Yeah. Although, so that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like I could also yeah. have ADHD, but one of us needs to pretend we don't have ADHD, but I have booked take plane tickets to the wrong city before I've showed up to the airport. Need wrong to year. To, no, we need to go to Florida Yeah. and our tickets are to New yeah. York. But then you had one that was the wrong year. You had one that was like for 2016. Oh, I did. In 2015. Yes. I did that. I, I just booked a flight um in the wrong month. And, yeah. and I got to the airport. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Except I didn't say shoot. Um, okay. Who's who's the stricter one when it comes to curfews? Ooh. We're both pretty. We've, Char, Char, I think it's both of us. Like, we've both gotten pretty strict about our, about getting people home like that's a pretty hard curfew i know we it is interesting because our daughter's just now trying driving, to, yeah. yeah driving and trying to like she doesn't try to push it but she's like what are the rules i'm like oh i don't know I, I don't know what the rules are but i know i don't want to stay up until midnight so i feel like it should be 11 so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah do they have to wake you up and and blow in your face when they get back so you can smell no. your face so i ooh, i have not heard that yeah um, maybe, my mom maybe. used to make me blow <laughs> to see if i was drinking or smoking drinking. the pot oh yeah. yeah. okay well i i heard something where 
and maybe this is a good idea. You put an alarm clock like in the hallway outside your room and you set the alarm for the curfew. So the kid has to get home in time to turn off the alarm or it wakes up oh, the parent. That's a good one. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think she would have, but she's not sneaky at all. She's not sneaky, but like she would have her brother go turn it off maybe instead. But she's, yeah, she's not sneaky. So I would have definitely had my brother do that. One time I got a drinking ticket right before I was going to college underager. Uh, Ranger Rick gave me a camping and I paid my sister to intercept the uh, ticket that came in the mail, tear it up. And I had her put it in three different garbage cans. Oh, that's a good, that's an investment in your future. An it underager. Is. It is. Oh. Are your parents just now learning about this or is it something that you uh, told they, about earlier? They learned about it, I would say, a couple years later after okay. I pissed off my sister and she ratted oh. me out. Oh, yeah. no. A Secrets retrospective rat. No, they're not. You you have to constantly maintain these relationships in mm -hmm. your family or else they'll throw you under the bus. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Who's most likely to pick up fast food on the way home after a sports game? That'd be Penn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Penn, what's your go-to fast food, my guy? Uh, if I had to pick one, it's going to be uh, Smithfield Chicken and Barbecue, which is Ooh. not found anywhere but in north carolina but it's going. like north carolina vinegar fast food barbecue and they put coleslaw on it and it's ridiculous mm -hmm. going for yeah. the local favorite kim yep. what's your favorite fast food i'm such a basic girl uh, i would like chick-fil-a chick-fil-a yeah they got yeah i mean it's very basic kids love it too yeah 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 i have you ventured out to other chicken sandwiches i will say the wendy's chicken sandwich and popeye's chicken sandwich could trump the chick-fil-a sandwich mm, you know there's a new one that's open it's not it's not new for our country but it's new for our area what is it canes or raising cane yeah, oh, yeah. Went this weekend and she really enjoyed it yeah All so i right. have to venture out okay yeah yeah try it out um who's your son most like Pen. Pen. And your but daughter? He, uh, Kim. Yeah. Okay. But I will say my son is incredibly empathetic mm -hmm. to a fault, which is me. So like he, he has both of our neuroses. So. Oh, lucky him. That's uh -huh. nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, all right. And most likely to give unsolicited advice to the kids. Yeah, that would be me, even if it's <laughs> if it's wrong or if I made it up right there on the spot. That would be me. Good. Are you are you uh, are you kind of um, do you mansplain, Penn? Are you a mansplainer? I'm trying to do less of it, which means that I do. So I like you know it's well, so I'm great like, to it's say. It's not right. about you, Penn. You know this. I'm like <laughs> this is not about you. I know you used to do this. But that was in 1995. This is different. Oh, see, that wasn't really what he was asking. You seem to have gone down. The advice thing. The advice <laughs> no, thing. Oh, no, well, no, I did no, it. No, I did it. No. So it's fine. No, it's not fine. Yeah. 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 So we touched a nerve there. I, I love watching <laughs> this relationship dynamic at play. It's very clear to see why you guys are about to be celebrating your 20-year anniversary after Aww. that fateful first kiss just a kiss on, on the, the stairs, on the mouth, on the <laughs> stairs, and then Penn slept on the Davenport. Yep. The, oh, a Davenport. There is some. I, the D-Van. What's the da What's a Davenport? Is that a couch? Yeah. Oh, it's it's a Midwest couch. It's uh, a, okay. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and Kim, lastly, I want to say I used to do the red carpet reporting, too. Um, yeah, this is how I did it. 
hey, how's it going? What are you wearing? Keep in mind, I don't give a shit, you know? And then I, I just had these standard questions. I was, I had terrible facial recognition. So I could be talking to someone. I'd have no idea who I was talking to. Were yeah. you better at it than me? I was, I was very, um, even though I was participating in it, I, I had problems with it yeah. because you can see the actors are all there. And I hated asking the, what are you wearing thing? Because we weren't asking it to men. We were only asking it to women. And like for men, and there was like a, you were burning a question to ask about a dress. And you only had on a red carpet, you have like three questions, two or three tops. If you're you a burning, good news organization. If you're, you yeah. Were. And, but, but I mean, inside edition, I don't know. Um, so I, but they are being there because they're being paid to be there. I'm being there because I'm paid to be there. It was like the whole process was really like, I, I just, I was so annoyed with the whole process. I hated it. I was not good at it. Um, that could be a whole podcast. You guys talking about this because Kim has some, uh, pretty great stories and they're all like PG 13, but, um, just about like where, like where they sent you. Like where you thought you were going to go and where you ended up. Like, wasn't there a time you thought you were going to be at Tiger Woods wedding and then you were in West Virginia? No, I couldn't find my passport because we had just moved and all the boxes were there. So I didn't go. But um, <laughs> the girl who went in my place thought she was going to the wedding. She thought she was attending the wedding. Uh -huh. So she was in a cocktail dress. But really, she was hiding in the bushes trying <laughs> to get pictures of them because they got married on an island, like on a beach somewhere. This is 20, some, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and... She was hiding in a cocktail dress overnight in the bushes, trying to get video of Tiger Woods and his wife. And she thought she was actually, she thought she was like going to be a guest. I, and so it was very funny. Did you have any uh, regret, like weird interactions with celebrities on the red carpet or what's the weirdest uh, reaction you got? Uh, I would say after I met Tom Cruise, I, I get his gravitational pull. I get the intensity like he is. So people who work with him or know him are like, yeah, Tom Cruise, he is so intense, but in the way that it's sort of like, yeah, I get it. You know, like why he's so good. It's like, it was a very unique energy. Mm. Um, I forgot how to talk when interviewing George Clooney. Yeah. He is so charming. That I did, they couldn't even use the no. interview because I was twirling my hair. <laughs> you said like, so I, I went to, I'll, I'll go visit her work sometimes. And I know uh -huh. the producers and this was a column. Who was the guy? Did it? And Colm was like, you got to come here and see this interview with George Clooney. And it was that she was twirling her hair. And She's still like, doing it. She, she like, like said like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I, like, like, I don't know. What are you doing here? She's like, oh, she like touches her stuff I, like this. I and don't. Like, I, I think yeah. I was pregnant at the time. And I was like. So like, you were do so you like, I don't um, blame you, do you like being like in front? Cause he, was, he had directed a movie too. I was like, so do you like, like being like in front of the camera or do you like, like, I don't know, like being behind the camera. Oh, see, it made his, George Clooney just broke his microphone from afar. But it is, he was so, he was so charming and not like, I think if you just saw him working, if he was working, you know, if he, he was a contractor in your house, you would still find him so like in one day at a time. Like, oh, but just I think that's silly. literally what he. But was. not like if you look at him, maybe not the most traditionally like put together, like handsome. What? But so I mean, but so charming. What is handsome? If that's not handsome, what I, is handsome to you? I guess he is pretty traditionally handsome. Yeah. But I don't know. Like his, he just he's he's just put together well. 
And I lost the ability to talk. So well, that. that's fun. Do you still have that interview? Is that online? Can we all there, look that There up? is an interview on, um, I have it on a tape somewhere. Like, so, cause it was so funny that I got a copy of it. So. Well, I feel like, um, you should maybe put that out on socials just, <laughs> just to show where you came from someday, you know? Uh, what do anyway. you have any funny story? I know you have to go, but do you have any funny stories? Oh, I've got, yeah. I mean, there's some interesting stuff. Like one time I interviewed uh, Chevy Chase, except <laughs> I, I was all the way at the end of the thing. And Chevy Chase came up, uh, I think, to talk with the gal next to me because yeah. I think she was attractive. And keep in mind, I was toward the end with all the uncredited, Got not it. good news disorganization. So I tried to sneak a question in afterwards. Mm, and as you it, should. Yeah. And it was admittedly so not a great question, you know, and he yeah. just let me have it. He was just like, no. oh, that's really creative. I've never heard that before. And I was like, OK, fuck you, too. I'll see you later. You know, I, I have to say that is not my favorite. Yeah, I don't love that because, yeah, I mean, it's so it's so hard to be on. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the most creative question. But to be on, you're behind a metal barrier. Right. And you're so obviously, you're being treated like a third class citizen uh, and you're being treated poorly. And then for him to respond like that, it makes, although Christmas Vacation is my favorite movie of all time, it makes me like him a lot less. And I'm sorry yeah. that happened to you. It, oh, it's okay. I, I don't care. I still think he's a funny actor. I just think he's also a jackass. But yeah. th there are a lot of stories out there about that. And you know what? Yeah. That could just be his thing. You know, like when you go to like uh, you go to some bar or whatever and their whole thing is they just like give you crap. Yeah, like like you. a Dick's or something like or a, a Ed DeBevix, you know, where they like the staff is rude to you. I think that's just kind of his thing. His, his thing. I, but whereas if you ask that question, whatever it was, to Tina Fey or Amy Poehler or Maya Rudolph, those women would we hope we they would have turned it around and yeah. made it something really funny yeah. and they would have been really generous with it. So yeah, boo Chevy Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll figure it out. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, there were a lot of good people like that, like Will Ferrell. I mean, that guy, Ugh. you could ask anything to and he would just like riff on it. And uh, Amy Poehler as well. I mean, I interviewed all those guys for some movie at one point, but oh, um, I, I would have died to interview them. I love them. Yeah, it's always a real quick question. They don't remember it. I guarantee you that, but I do. So now look at you. Now they would be in line to interview you. I highly doubt that, but I really do appreciate that confidence uh, in me, Kim. It's unwarranted, and I very much appreciate it. I got it. you. You're a superstar. Chevy's um, looking to get back into the business, so he's he may show up at some VidCons. We'll see. Maybe <laughs> I'll remember it. I like it. I like I it. I know. You guys, thank you so much for Thanks. coming on especially short notice. It's so great to catch up. And when can people buy the book? Oh, we have to talk about the game too real quick, Ryan. <laughs> so we have a game. It's called What the Flock. It's a card game and it's available for pre-order now. We'll sh ship at the end of January. It's a fun game. Go to holdernessfamily.com. Yeah. What, then, what, tell, tell, first of all, just give us the byline on what the flock, what, right. what, what kind of game. It's a, it's, a, it's a game of words and birds through word different 
word games. You have to assemble through cards and strategy your own little bird. And the birds are kind of funny looking. Yeah, the birds are kind of funny looking. So you win a series of word games and you use some strategy and you win the game. It's really funny and it's a card game. But it's meant for, it's a little more adult than our last game. So like, Not super adult, but like, it's like ages 10 and up probably. Yeah. Now, don't say adult because they're going to think it's like cards against you. I said more adult. No, more mature. I don't know. <laughs> it's enough, super G-rated. Totally G-rated. Very G-rated. But it's a little more cerebral. Yes. Um, Got it. And then, and then book, it. I think, pre-order February-ish? Yes, pre-order is in February and the book comes out uh, toward the end of April. Around our anniversary, Charlie. Uh, yes. Oh, happy 20th. That's awesome. You guys, for your 20th anniversary, maybe you should... You know, have a nice romantic date on the stairs in your house. That yeah, we should. I mean, that is so adorable. And our 20th anniversary is next year. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Like, oh, it's please, next year. Please be nice. Be nice to her, Charlie. She's, uh, we, that's what she said. She, right. did. she, she said, said next, next year. year. She said next oh, year. Oh, she said next year. I yes, said this you year. Were so, the one, yeah, that's exactly right. Whatever. See, you know what? That, that's why. I think she does need a raise. I. <laughs> And that's the end of this interview, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it was nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you too. Um, what what what's going on? When I'm doing my show uh, in two months, you're not going to be there. Is that? I'll right? be there. Yeah, she'll be there. I'm. That's. Uh, you're going skiing. That's one month. Yeah, I'm, it's my yearly trip to Telluride. Oh so. yeah. Every, no, every, that's fine. I no, show he up. Does it, he, he goes yeah. every other year. <laughs> I should have called you first to check um, the date. No, Amory is so excited. I know. Um, she's really Amory's opening. She's I know. Gonna, she's really excited. I'm going to yeah. heckle her just because I feel like it's a good experience. And, and you're doing, is she it's doing good. two shows with you? Is that right? She's doing yeah. uh, Durham and she's doing Raleigh? Um, or South Carolina. Or, uh, it's Charleston. We're going to Charleston. We're oh, doing Charleston. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Charleston and then um, up by you guys. So. It'll be a fun time. Um, well, the next time I go around, Penn, you'll have to do some time. And by the way, Kim, if you want to do a hot five or something. Well, hot five, babe? Uh, you know what? Hot five, February? February hot five? I, huh? um, I am best in, uh, as a backup dancer. So okay. I, I appreciate that. And mm -hmm. I, I got you. I got you. I'll be there to heckle. Okay. That was a very firm yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I like that. We have gifts and stand-up comedy is not one that I need to explore. Yeah, okay. I'm happy. You'd be great at it, actually. I think I would be great at it. I'm kidding. No, but I love that you guys do that. So Well, cool. it'll be fun to see you there. And uh we'll have to get uh dinner on um on Penn since he's yeah. not gonna be there. I think he's buying yeah. all of us dinner. That's he what is I think. buying all of us That's dinner. Right. He is yeah. buying all of us dinner. All right. Well that'll okay. be fun. And Penn, don't pull an ass muscle while you're skiing, guy, all right? Thank you. Um, is that a common muscle that you pull while skiing? An well, ass muscle? I mean, you can. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm nervous about my, my ass. I guess I got to kind of work. I'm going to work my ass out for the next. Start stretching it. Yeah. Start stretching. It's kind of nice, but yeah. Yeah. No, I saw it in, when we were in it's person. Nice. I took notes. He also has good uh, pant uh, pants that uh, hug oh. it. I'm not. I'm not saying he has nice pants, not nice ass. That's not what I'm no, saying. No, but he wears the, the, the pants. Like he wears them well. Well, you can yeah. thank him for that because she buys all my pants. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I make sure. I make sure the money makers out there. All right, that's what we like to hear. Thank you guys so much, and uh, watch for deer. All right. Thanks, Charlie. All right. See you guys soon. Thank bye. you. Bye, Charlie. Bye, bye, bye. bye.
And that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Make sure you follow the Holderness family on all their platforms. It's very simple. It's at Holderness family. At the Holderness family. At the Holderness family. And uh, huge thanks to Kim and Penn for coming on uh, and just chit-chatting. It was a lot of fun with those guys. And we'll hope to have them on again soon. Kelly Maraca, thank you for producing this podcast. Hannah Milos, thank you for editing it. And big thanks to all of you for listening and hope to see you soon sometime, somewhere. Until then, keep removing, watch for deer, and do tell your folks I says hi. Also, go Packers. We're going to the Super Bowl, baby. I can't believe I got this far in the episode without mentioning it, but go Pack, go. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. 